was a rough one down at Citizens Bank Park last night as the Phillies fall 13-8 to the Arizona Diamondbacks in Game 1 of the series. We've seen the Phillies drop Game 1 of the series a few times this season. They certainly came out a little lethargic last night. Ultimately, they did fight back a little bit as um, it was a rough, rough night for Jared Eikhoff. Then the D-backs would ultimately pull away, but uh, the, the bats were flashing. It was a long, long baseball game with a lot of home runs. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, June the 11th. As again, we come off a disappointing loss last night down in Citizens Bank Park, the first three-game series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it was a game that fell over before it started. It wasn't, but then it was. As the Phillies, the game starts in a quite auspicious fashion as the first time I remember a Phillies game on either side starting this way, but the game starts with not one, not two, three. Three straight home runs for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Back to back to backers to start the game it was just brutal Jared Eikhoff would ultimately allow five home runs the first pitcher in Major League Baseball this season to achieve that ignominious feat but it is funny because the Phillies would fight back it was a the the back-to-back to backers in the first Dyson Marte and Peralta then the Phillies would score, chip away. They score a run in the first, uh, bottom of the first on a Segura homer that just barely kind of bounced off the top of the fence and got out of there. They score a run in the second after a Scott Kingery triple. Michael Franco ground out the Kingery just motors home from. And then they tie it up on a Reese Hoskins single in the third as well. Uh, and, and you're feeling pretty good, 3-3. And then in the fourth, it just all goes to heck from there is uh, Eduardo Escobar. It's his first of what will be two home runs, a two-run shot. Alex Avilia to two-run shot. Kingery in the fourth. Scott Kingery would try and cut the lead a little bit more with a solo shot. The first of two for him as well. But Escobar again would put it away. Nine to four after a two-one shot. Then Vargas homers. Escobar doubles uh, in the middle there. Kingery, it's his second homer of the game. His first two-homer game of his career. Harper an RBI single, Hoskins and Bruce would homer. Uh, Vargas had uh, another homer as well, hit two as well. And then Hoskins and Bruce homer. The uh, combined 13 home runs, the most in Major League Baseball history, a record. 13 combined home runs. The ball was flying out of Citizens Bank Park last night. We've talked a lot about this Phillies team's struggles with home runs this season. They didn't have issues last night, unfortunately. They played a team that was even better. That is the, uh, again, the Diamondbacks, eight home runs. It is just a kick in the you-know-what. Jared Eikhoff allows five, including the three to start the game. Just gets absolutely roasted. Again, um, first pitcher in all of Major League Baseball this season to allow five home runs in a game. Not the uh, first uh, kind of uh, achievement you want to normally reach. And uh, he's just struggled. We'll, we'll dive into a little bit later looking at where we're at from a roster standpoint and how we feel about certain spots. But I think it's fair to say Jared Eikhoff among the biggest question marks right now on the roster in terms of what you feel like you can really count on 
Moving forward is Eikhoff's final line. As again, as he gets a loss now, three and four in the season. Final line, three innings, five hits, seven runs allowed. Two walks, two Ks, the five homers. His ERA now up over five. So that is not great. Ranger Suarez also got beat up as well. Four innings, four earned. And Austin Davis would allow a couple inning, couple runs in an inning of work. Just uh, not a banner night. Down to Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies. The Phillies now 37-29. and 29. And in even more disheartening news, the Atlanta Braves took care of business last night as the Braves now tied for first place with the Philadelphia Phillies. That is an uh, incredibly frustrating Fact is, it feels like the Phillies have been fighting them off and fighting them off, fighting them off, and then the Braves finally tying with the Phillies. Uh, luckily, the Phillies have a chance to go down to Atlanta this weekend and put the Braves in their place, but still a couple games with the D-backs before that happens. And again, they must go better than the one that uh, that happened last night, as uh, it was definitely not something that uh, we want to see repeated. A uh, couple, I mean, look, there were a couple bright spots. It was nice to see Rees go yard, even though it was in the ninth inning, just kind of uh, a meaningless homer where the game was pretty much over. But nice to see Rees go yard. It was his first homer since the games against Milwaukee on May 25th. And that was the thing is, he, I, I think it was something in his last 30 games, including tonight, the only two home runs he had were those back-to-back games against Milwaukee. So he's been incredibly cold, goes three for four, a home run, two RBI. And, of course, Scotty Kangery, the uh, the real bright spot from last night, three for five with a triple, two home runs, two RBI. Obviously, scores a couple runs as well. Just a uh, really awesome night for Kingery. It's nice to see uh, start seeing him to flash some of the power stroke because he's had some really nice looking home runs. The one uh, uh, a few days back we talked to was just a monster shot in San Diego, and then. Uh, Looking, uh, you know, really good uh, last night. Again, three hits, a triple, and uh, two homers. So, um, Scotty, nice seeing. Ryan Spader on Twitter, the Ace of Spader. Terrific follow on Twitter, at the Ace of Spader, if you you are a a fan of Twitter. Um, He tweeted out, the most recent Phillies to have a multi-homer game in which they also tripled. Scott Kingery last night. Prior to that, Ryan Howard did it uh, June 18th of 2010, and then... June 16th of 2008, so uh, crazy. Howard, forget that he would triple every now and again, can motor around a little bit, uh, but he did it in back-to-back years. Rollins in 07, Howard again in 06, and then Abreu in 02, and Schmitty in 74, but uh, that is the point that Kingery is one of uh, eight seasons in which, uh, excuse me, seven seasons in which a player did it, and uh, one of only five Phillies to ever uh, achieve that feat of a multi-homer game with a triple in it as well. I'm first one to do it since 2010, so a nine-year gap. Uh, June 10th, June 18th, almost exactly. Yeah, nine-year gap. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. It was uh, nice to see for Scotty. As again, it was not a uh, it was not a banner night for the Phillies last night, as uh, they just are unable to get outs when they need them, especially a night where they ultimately end up putting eight runs in granite. Three of them came a little late. They were pretty much out of it for a while. They got the homers from Reese Hoskins and greatest Philly of all time, Jay Bruce, in the uh, ninth inning. But ultimately, uh, never really close. You didn't feel like they were going to win the game after they tied it 3-3. And then it started to 
slip away from there. But I think uh, yeah, really nice to see Rees and Kingery uh, finding the power stroke. Rees, it's been a while. And, um, uh, you know, hopefully that can carry forward. Speaking of Rees, I just quickly wanted to mention this, and then uh, we will look ahead um, and look at uh, the roster as where it is and kind of where we feel good and where some issues are. And, and of course, look ahead to tonight's matchup. Uh, John Duplantier for the Diamond Maxians. Arietta for your Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, quickly, just uh, with reason in mind, and we didn't get into this much yesterday, but uh, it's really become a, a topic of discussion, the whole hustling thing uh, with baseball and players. And in light of the play uh, on Sunday where Hoskins hit the pop-up, Joey Votto uh, looked like it was going to go into foul territory. Votto didn't even really go for it. And then the wind all of a sudden just sweeps it back into the field of play and ends up scoring two runs. Harper comes around to score. It was a, uh, originally he was ruled out there at home, but the replay showed he was safe. And um, Hoskins didn't run right away. And and if the ball had been hit, you know, if it had dropped on the ground closer to a, another player, Hoskins could have been in trouble at second base. And regardless, Hoskins uh, clearly was not running out of the box. And it's it's this has become a, a recurring issue for this Phillies fan base, whether it's Hoskins, whether it was Segura with the McCutcheon play, which again, I, I don't blame Segura at all for the injury to Andrew McCutcheon. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, we've seen it of course, uh, a few other times this season with hustle issues and Kapler not, you know, being strict enough on it as some people say and all that. But, um, personally, if you listen to the show, you probably know where I come down, but, um, would I love it if every player in Major League Baseball or the majority of players in Major League Baseball ran out every single play and, and worked their, their butts off every opportunity they got to, to do that type of thing? Of course, of course I would. I think we can all agree like that's what you would hope. I would hope if I was getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball that I would do that. But at the same time, I also feel like it is a... Uh, it is an unrealistic expectation, sadly. I mean, it is a long grind of a season. The game just wears on guys. And when you're a human being, you know, you get up and you see a pitch you think you're going to be able to smack out of the ballpark and you just get under it and you pop it up and you're mad at yourself and you're, your first thought isn't, I got to bust it down the line because that pop-up probably gets caught 999 times out of 1,000. 9,999 times out of 10,000. Who knows what the number is, but it's human instinct. It's human nature to sometimes in those situations to let the the, the everything else take over rather than the decision to run. And sure, I, look, I'm not saying that that's um, fair or anything like that, that again, if it were if it were a perfect world for me, everyone would hustle every play, but I just, I accept what it is, and I'm not ever going to get too worked up over um, a player not running something out unless it's like a real situation where I feel like it is inexcusable, which of course is is something that will happen and those times will come about. And ultimately, look, I, again, I, I, I would prefer players running out when possible all the time, but I just, I accept that that is not the world we live in and that 
I feel like it's a lot of, um, I feel like it's it's not worth the, the aggravation. And ultimately, as long as players are hustling when it matters, like Bryce Harper, like that dude hustles when it matters. Like I'm sure there's going to be a, a time where it's a grounder back to the pitcher and he doesn't bust his, you know, hump down there. Um, and, and we should give him leeway for that. That's kind of my point, you know, is, is that, yes, there will be times where these situations like where, uh, you know, Reese Hoskins will slam one back towards the pitcher and think he's going to be out. And then all of a sudden it ricochets and he has to try and hustle up and he might be thrown out. And if he had run from the beginning, he would have been safe. Who knows this, this stuff happens, but I think the main point I'm trying to make is it's not worth getting so aggravated over because it's just the way of baseball and it's a long sport. It's a grind. It takes a lot out of guys and. You know, it's it's just something that's um, probably never going to change. Unfortunately, no one's going to ever hustle down the line every single play all the time as that's just not the way the sport is built and not the way the players play it. Um, but, uh, again, in a perfect world. All right, coming up, we will look at where the team stands a little bit as uh, Jim Salisbury wrote a good piece on center field options for this team. I wanted to look at the starting lineup particularly and, and kind of what, what I think right now is the ideal option for that to be. And, uh, and then, of course, we'll look ahead to uh, tonight's matchup against the Diamondbacks as the uh, Phillies back at it tonight as Jake Arrieta will take the hill. Look, I, I don't feel great about Jake on the hill. I'm not going to lie to you. Jake is uh, It's funny because uh, we'll talk about the rotation coming up as well, but I think uh, Arrieta is someone I feel just, uh, just about as um, – not as little confidence as Eikhoff, because that's not fair, but I don't know. He might be next. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up as well as we dive into uh, to what the uh, lineup should look like and uh, and all that and more coming up uh, in just a minute. It's Phillies Today, uh, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies Today, James Seltzer, as we react uh, to last night's loss to the Diamondbacks. Back at it tonight. Uh, I want to take a look at the lineup and where we stand right now and kind of what the ideal lineup should look like for now, as Jim Salisbury wrote a really good piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, looking at some center field options for the team. And um, I, I think that when you look at the lineup right now, I think center field, it's fair to say, is the biggest hole on the team, which is crazy to think about because they lose Andrew McCutcheon. But um, Klintak almost prescient that way on, uh, on Jay Bruce and, and no Jay Bruce isn't going to end a homer every game or every other game like he's doing, but Jay Bruce, it looks like the Phillies got someone who, uh, is at least going to give them a, uh, a much better option in left field than a Nick Williams or someone they would have had to play there if they had not, um, brought anybody in before them cut and trade. And if they hadn't brought anyone in before them cut and trade it, obviously, could have killed their leverage, made it uh, you know much tougher for a team to uh, be willing to give something up without getting more because they know the, the desperate nature of the Phillies be in. But um, Jay Bruce is, uh, has been a really uh, important addition to this team, and hopefully we'll see if he can uh, if he can be an everyday left fielder. But right now, certainly, um, arrow pointing up. For Jay Bruce, but they certainly still have holes. I think right now, personally, and you know, there are spots that we know are all set. You know, it's Reese at first, it's Cesar at second, it's Segura at short, it's Harper and right, and a real muta behind the plate. So the the real question spots are, are center and oh, and Bruce and left for the moment. It's center and third, as we know. And my biggest real thing that I feel is necessary is that Mike Alfranco 
cannot be a starter in Major League Baseball right now. He's batting 130 over the last month of baseball. He has been awful. Absolutely horrendous. And yes, he makes some fine defensive plays, but Scott Kingery's a better defensive third baseman than him. He has more range. He certainly has a higher ceiling as a defensive player. He has a cannon of an arm. I think the Phillies need to put Scott Kingery at third and make a move for a center fielder. And look, I was hoping it would be Adam Aisley. He's hurt right now. Maybe Hazley can come back and be the center fielder we hope he could be. And look, he's young. Uh, I don't know if you can count it, but looking at this list that Salisbury puts up uh, of center fielders they could try and trade for, and it's a, it's a mishmash of names in the sense that um, some are really low-cost type options, and then a couple are probably going to cost a little bit more. Um, some of these names I've mentioned on this show before talking about the potential to trade for outfielders as well. Adam Jones has been a, a pretty... Common name, Jones, of course, on the Diamondbacks. We saw him last night. Um, Obviously, someone who's been in the league for a while. Someone who actually vetoed a trade to the Phillies last year, if you remember, with the Orioles uh, with his 10-5 and rights. He had been with the Orioles long enough that he was able to control his destiny there and didn't want to come to Philly. So uh, who knows? Now he does not have that control as he's a Diamondbacks and has not been there. 10-5 and rights no longer apply, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's the kind of guy the Phillies want to go after. Salisbury has Manuel Margot of the Padres on the list. Uh, look, Margot was a former top prospect, someone who is an elite defensive center fielder. So from that perspective, it might be worth taking a shot on. And, and uh, I guess the idea being that in a crowded Padres outfield, they don't really have a spot for him. Padres, of course, the team that was interested in Mike Franco a couple of times, as was reported. So maybe there's some sort of... My struggling guy for your struggling guy deal. That'd be pretty neat. Gerard Dyson, who, of course, hit a home run last night, uh, has had a really nice season for the Diamondbacks. When and if they fall out of it, a name that would make some sense. Lurie Garcia, the White Sox, Salisbury has. I don't know about uh Look, I think the White Sox will be selling. Garcia is a nice player, I think. Probably... Uh, more of a Band-Aid fix than someone you can count on for real. Leonis Martin, nice defender, uh, as Salisbury points out, not a great hitter um, of the Indians. Billy Hamilton stinks. Uh, Salisbury has him on the list. Uh, he's a pinch runner at best. Whit Merrifield, that's the name that pops off this list. Uh, the Royals uh, are making everyone available, as Salisbury points out. and Merrifield's on a team-friendly deal to 2022. He's the exact type of guy the Phillies should be targeting. If they're going to give up real assets, they should give up something for a guy who can be here for a while. Merrifield's play a bunch of positions. Um, put him in center and, and Kingery in third. I don't know if he's a – look, he's not a, a true center fielder, but he's good enough. He can get the job done, and he is an outstanding hitter, a great base stealer. Love the idea of potentially bringing with Merrifield, and I don't see it happening. But I love the idea. He would cost a lot with that contract. He would not be cheap prospect-wise. Uh, Keon Broxson of the Orioles stinks. Matt uh, Scherzer, uh, Scherzer of the Diamondbacks, a uh, very low-end guy. Michael Taylor can't stay in the majors uh, and compete. Had a nice year a couple years ago for the Nationals, but um, no one special. Malik Smith of the uh, Mariners. He also has D. Gordon on here, obviously. Uh, Gordon and Segura had that publicized fight. Last season when they were teammates, so I doubt that up. And Juan Lagares of the Mets is on Salisbury's list. Lagares, a again another elite defensive outfielder, but a uh, atrocious hitter for a while. See, Carlos Gomez is old and and cooked. Kevin Pr was DFA'd a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. 
Uh, Jacoby Jones of the Tigers, not that special. Uh, Starling Marte, that's an interesting name. If the if the Pirates were to decide uh, that they wanted to kind of cut bait this year, Marte really had a great year last year, just outstanding. Uh, has had some issues, had a suspension, a steroid suspension in the past, but um, is uh, only owed, uh, according to Salisbury, $6 million or so for the remainder of this year and has options for the next two years, team options, so... That's an interesting name. I think that when you look at the philosophy of this team and where they're at, I think that when they're trying to trade for guys, if they want to make moves for this season, they really should try and target guys who also have more than this season left on their deals. Merrifield, of course, 2022, two more years after this with Marte. Those are the types of guys who, because this team, again, as we know, they're not better than the Dodgers right now, and that's okay, but they're not. But that doesn't mean they can't make a run anyway. They're not better than the Astros. That doesn't mean they can't make a run. But if you can be smart and get guys who can help you for this run, but also if it doesn't work out because, hey, you're not the best team next year or the year after when they really put their chips in the middle and really try and put the finishing touches, go over the luxury tax, whatever they need to do, that's when it could get really interesting. And that's when uh, having those guys around he made that move for now could could potentially help twofold, threefold, whatever. Um, so... Uh, some interesting names there. And look, I do think that you need center field. I really want to see Kingery third. And, and I think you need pitching help too. And we'll dive more into that in days to come. But um, starting pitcher, a clear need, as is Pat, the bullpen. I think the bullpen, you're certainly counting on Nishak uh, and on Morgan. And uh, on Nishak and Morgan coming back first and foremost, have two guys you can count on at least to certain degrees with Nishak and definitely with Morgan. Uh, along with Hector Neris, who's the only guy you can count on at all right now. I mean, Velasquez is a little bit starting to, but uh, at times. Uh, but um, really not a lot you can count on in that pen. So um, I think the Phillies, either way with those guys coming back, need a arm or two at least in the pen. Someone you can count on, two guys you can count on. And then I think you need a starter. You might even need two. Look, Eikhoff is just not getting it done. Eikhoff has to be replaced. But also, look, I don't trust Jake Arrieta right now. It's funny because if you ask me, all right, you have a playoff series, what's your lineup? I would have Nola in one out of respect, and I think he'll be able to get there. And I, I've always felt like Nola's a big game pitcher, even though he hasn't gotten the opportunity to pitch in too many. Uh, but I would have Nola one, Eflin two because of the consistency he's shown, and Pavetta three. And I know that's crazy talk after just two starts from Pavetta, but at least I know Pavetta can go out and give me seven shutout or something in a big game. Like, I don't know that Arietta can do that. And granted, that's somewhat unfair to me to say because Arietta, not Pavetta, has actually done that before in a big game. But look, the, the, at least the version of the guy we're seeing right now, what Arietta looks like, he doesn't look good. He looks pedestrian, and I need to see that change before I can trust him when it gets big and when it gets important and when it matters. So. It's frustrating. A uh, couple other quick injury notes to mention. Sir Anthony Dominguez going to see Dr. James Andrews. Not good. Apparently, he's hoping for a miracle, but I think Tommy John surgery, uh, almost uh, a, a certainty, it seems, in that case. And then Roman Quinn and Ndubrai Ramos beginning re-amp assignments in Clearwater. Uh, look, Roman Quinn, if he can ever come back and give them anything, how cool would that be as he is? Uh, they could certainly use outfield up right now. They could really use outfield up, but uh, it has not worked out. All right. Um, tonight, back at it. Hopefully they can get um, back on the right track as it was a, uh, a frustrating loss last night. It'll be 
Jake Arietta, who I just uh, kind of called out. So hopefully Arietta can uh, can uh, tell me I'm wrong, Jake. Tell me I'm wrong as uh, really has just been – show me I'm wrong, I should say. As he has been bad lately, really, really bad. Over uh, a five-and-a-half ERA in his last nine starts, he's just been bad. So hopefully he can prove me wrong. And I get to Diamondbacks lineup that's, that's raking, obviously. Uh, John Duplantier on the other end, someone the Phillies should take advantage of. So might get another big run explosion to, uh, tonight. We will see. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it all and more tomorrow. So hopefully the Phillies can get it done either way. Thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.